Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With football finally back, we get to book off our Sundays and just chill out on the couch. And listen. I know that some of you are screaming at me that football already started months ago. I said that football is back, not three down beach ball, 55 yard line CFL football. Okay. Anytime the wide receiver gets a running start, it's not football. Anyways, the NFL is back. Real football is back. And on tonight's episode of Ray Sports Rant, I talked to Kevin Gerard, NFL Twitter analyst, Miami Dolphins fan, and Jordan Poyer advocate. And I asked Kevin to give his update on the state of the AFC East. We're going to ask, what are the realistic expectations for those Miami Dolphins this season? And is, Tua's, is this Tua's last chance to prove that he can lead an NFL team? Is it reasonable for people to expect the New England Patriots to make the playoffs? As an outsider looking in on the Buffalo Bills, what would be considered a successful season for Buffalo? And how many games will the New York Jets win? And how improved are they going to look this season? You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC... It, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want this Sean anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Yes, and we're back. Welcome to the Rays Sports Rant. I'm Ray Rout, sitting in that director's chair of the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Thanks, everybody who's tuning in. Make sure that you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and never miss an episode of Rays Sports Rant. You can find the podcast in tons and tons of great sports content over at DeanBlundell.com. As I said in the intro, my guest tonight is Kevin Gerard, one of the funniest motherfuckers in Canada. You can find him on Twitter at KevinGerard13. It's time to bring in Kevin because it's time to get this show started. What's going on, Kevin? How are you? That's uh, such a great intro. Now I have to really live up to it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm, I like be warning people. I'm moderately entertaining. You know, I like to set the bar low so that way I can kind of just slump over it, and then they're like, "Hey, he's not too bad." You know, it's right. Are you familiar with who Casey Stern is? No. Uh, so Casey Stern, he covered the Red Sox for a while, worked for MLB.com. He worked for uh, Turner as a part of like TNT basketball, kind of a big dick in the sports world in the States. You know what I mean? And uh, he's buddies with Dean, right? Obviously the pod father over here on the network. Dean sets me up for an interview this Monday with him, right? Like my first real big giant, you know what I mean? Like guy. And dude, um, 
I shit the bed so much. Like I'm a funny guy and, and dropped every dad joke in the world. Cause I couldn't think of anything mildly entertaining to say. So when you said mildly entertaining, that just struck me so funny because of how bad <laughs> I fucked up this week to the point that Dean publicly let me know on Twitter that I shit the bed. So <laughs> <laughs> it's great. All right, so we're going to talk about the state of the AFC East, and we're going to start with your uh, favorite team. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you want to know what I think they're going to do? Uh, All right, let me let me ask you the question. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say your favorite team, the Buffalo Bills, but we'll start with oh, the Miami man. Dolphins. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, I gotta watch my language. No, no, fuck it. You can swear all you want. This is this is Ray's sports rant on the Dean Mundell Network. You can say whatever the fuck okay. you want. All right. So listen, <laughs> the NFL season has. Uh, I didn't know if I wanted to start with the Bills or the Dolphins, just because I got to tell everybody you came in with just an epic Buffalo Bills rant before the show started. And I kept telling you to save it for the show. So I was wondering if I just wanted to build off that emotion. But I did have Dolphins first on the list here. So let's get into that. All right. So look, the NFL season, it's officially kicked off. Um, and the AFC East, in my opinion, is one of the most intriguing divisions in football. I'd say that the Miami Dolphins are probably, in my opinion, the most intriguing team in the entire division. Like, we know what Buffalo is going to be. And I think we have a pretty good idea where the Jets and the Patriots rank. But I'm going to tell you why I think Miami is a very interesting team. So they made the coaching change and moved on from Brian Flores. They hired Mike McDaniel, defensive mind to offensive line, mind. Um, the team was entrenched in controversy this offseason, right, with the accusations of throwing games or at least the owner trying to throw games. Hefty uh, punishment for that. Uh, Miami trades for one of the best receivers in the NFL and bring in Tyree Kill. You've now got the combination of Hill and Jalen Waddle, which is an absolute nightmare for secondaries everywhere. Uh, the defense, I think, should be really good. That's what I've been told. They should be really good. And then we have Tua. And I've been higher on Tua than a lot of other people. I know I've been higher on Tua than you in the past as well in our conversations. We actually had a day where I was trying to defend Tua and you were trying to defend the Patriots. It was kind of funny. I swore at you. I told you to go fuck yourself. It was a stop defending the Patriots. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, listen, I think it's fair to say that this is probably a prove-it year for him, right? Because like between Hill, Waddle, um, and a guy who I think gets forgotten a lot outside of Miami fans around the NFL is, is Mike Kosecki, who's a phenomenal tight end. There's no lack of talent around Tua this year. Um, he has to get it done. I have Miami as the second-best team in the division. Some have them third. And some very delusional Dolphins fans have them top of the AFC East. Uh, I'm going to ask you, though, Dolphins fan, realistic Dolphins fan, realistic football fan, uh, what are the realistic expectations for the Dolphins this season? And is this Tua's last chance to prove that he can lead an NFL team? I think it's his last chance with Miami. I see him as the kind of guy that even if, say, he bombs out in Miami, he'll go somewhere else. He'll be a backup. And I think he's going to have that Ryan Tannehill renaissance career. I could see it flaming out here, going to another team two years down the road, kind of get thrust back in, has a really good five-game spot. Some team gets disillusioned, signs into a long-term contract, and then it doesn't turn out so well. <laughs> but for Miami, I think this is it. Now – I've been on record. I'm not a huge to a guy like um, his ceiling is, is, is lower than a lot. Um, but I mean, these bad, he's had the worst hand dealt to him imaginable worst offensive line in football, 
32nd and 28th ranked rushing attacks while he's been in the league. He's got Devontae Parker, the human IR reel, you know what I mean, uh, to throw to. He had Gesicki, but, I mean, other than that, he, he's hadn't had, a, hadn't had a great go of it. Plus, you got to factor in for a year and a half, he's been – was going to get replaced by publicly replaced by Deshaun Watson. So, and then when that finally ended, then the rumor started, he was going to get replaced by Tom Brady. Cause that was one of the other things you missed on the off season there, where we actually got punished for failing to tamper. Like we're so incompetent. We got penalized and we didn't even land the guy. You know what I mean? Like we got failed for the intention of trying to cheat, but we're too incompetent to pull it off. You know? So it was pretty bad, man. But anyways, to add, this is last chance. I think realistically, um, I think they can win 10 games. I think they have a very good roster. I think the addition, everyone knows about Tyreek Hill, but bringing in Pro Bowl left tackle, Taron Armstead, bringing in uh, Connor Williams to play center, bringing in guys like Trey Flowers and Melvin Ingram and stuff like that, not to be in prominent roles, but just to kind of provide like depth all 11 starters from last year's defense have returned. Um, the defensive coordinators returned. And then, of course, we you know we added uh, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert to add to that kind of Mike McDaniels running attack. So it'll be interesting to see how the offense looks. But I think this was a nine-win team last year. The year before, they were 10 wins. And, uh, you know, they nine wins, and they lost four games last year, literally on the last play of the game. So adding all those players to expect a one-game jump, I don't think is too unrealistic. I think the only argument I'd have for you is I think that Justin Fields and Josh Rosen would argue that they've had the worst uh, uh, hand dealt to them to start off their NFL careers. I mean, so. talent-wise, but I mean, you got to remember too, this is like, this is a coach that's like actively telling him, I yeah. don't want you. I'm trying to trade for a sex vendor. And, and it's public. Like Baker Mayfield heard the whispers for one day and demanded a trade, said he's never playing for the Browns again. Tua like literally went through a year of this. Well, and, I mean, in fairness, they they replaced Rosen with an Oompa Loompa, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> a year later, after being the, after after every other team, after the first nine teams made mistakes, right? Yeah. But I, I just mean like it was just it's so and I don't know, I cannot recall a player in the last 20 years that has taken more criticism than Tua. Like if Tua takes a piss and he doesn't make it to the bowl, it's on, you know, oh, he underthrew that. Like it's insane. Everything he does is scrutinized. It's analyzed. It's whatever. He threw a 55-yard completion the other day and all I and he got torn apart because oh, it was underthrown. Could he have thrown a better ball? Yeah, absolutely. But who else completes a 55-yard pass and gets destroyed for it? I've never seen anything like it. It's he, like, and, and he's not an asshole. He seems like a nice guy, you know? He seems like a good kid. And what always kind of messes me up when, when I think of the whole two situation is before Justin Fields was drafted, as we were leading into the draft, and as everybody knows, I'm a New England Patriots fan. So that draft, we had a lot of interest in the quarterbacks that were available. And I was asked, what quarterback are you not interested in? And people, some people know this about me. I'm also an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. And I said, anybody but Justin Fields. I said, like, I'm not excited about him joining the NFL. I said, he underthrows footballs all the time. He was bailed out by one of the best receiving cores in the league. If you watch Justin Fields 
college highlights. Maybe we go look what he does. Watch, watch his receivers turn around and catch the football on almost every pass because they mm-hmm. he can't put it over their shoulder. Um, and yet that kid gets every break in the book when it comes to fans and media, and they blame the Bears. Yeah, I've never understood the two. You know me, I'm a two a defender, so I've never understood the two Tango Viola hate a- across the board. I think Especially from Dolphins fans. Yeah, well, I mean, they could have had Herbert, right? I mean, the Burroughs thing isn't a really good comparison because they never had a shot at him, but it's still the same draft class. So you have Burroughs going to the Super Bowl. You got Herbert rewriting record books, and then you got Glass Joe who can't uh, play more than three games without getting knocked out, right? So I get um, that, but I have a I have an like Mitch Trubisky is forever going to be compared to Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah. Like, um, in Mahomes. which in Mahomes, yeah. and 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 for him, like maybe you know what I mean. He's probably a better guy than Deshaun Watson, right? Like it's uh, may, maybe maybe the comparison's better at this point now. Yeah. But he's all and and I can't. But I sit there and go like, I actually feel bad for Trubisky because how do you salvage a career when that's all you're going to hear the rest of your career, right? Well, we could have mm-hmm. had Mahomes. Well, there's a reason that Mahomes fell to the Chiefs, you know, and. and I, at, at the time, there was still conversation heading into the draft. Will the Bengals take Tua? And the injury was the only concern. It wasn't his ability to play. It was his injury coming from uh, from Alabama. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't understand the hate for Tua. I really don't. And I get it. And, and Herbert, dude, there were people who thought Herbert could have fell to the Patriots when you looked at some of those draft analysts and some of those mock drafts. Like, nobody... People can turn around now and say we expected Herbert to be this. I'm like, I, maybe people expected Herbert to be a good quarterback. Yeah. Nobody expected him to be no, one of the top in the NFL. So it's I feel bad for Tua in that perspective as well. Yeah. But yeah, right. I, think, I think 10 wins. I think that's where I got him. If everything, you know, ceiling is 11, I think the floor is probably eight, but I think they come in around eight, you know, 10. All right, let's get into another team here. Uh, I want to get into the Patriots a little bit. Mac Jones is about to start his second year in the NFL. Uh, the New England Patriots probably surprised a few people last season when they qualified for the postseason. Fully admit they surprised this guy right here. Mm-hmm. I had them winning six to eight games at the most. Uh, some of that can be credited to Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, and some of it can be credited to a good run of luck. Uh, the Patriots went on a six-game win streak where they played the bottom of the league or they faced a team that was missing a significant player, at least one significant player in that week. It became a little bit of a curse that if you played the Patriots next week, you were going to lose one of your superstars to suspension, injury, or COVID. Uh, New England is 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 another interesting team to watch this season, right? Well, they, they got the human IR machine, right? They traded for Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patriot fans are hoping that we see Jonu Smith take a massive leap this year. The Patriots have to hope that they're going to get more to Nelson Aguilar. And I can tell you for a fact that Pat's nation is sitting on pins and needles because of all the negativity that's been coming out of the Boston market. If you want to talk about uh, media jumping on guys and things you've never seen, uh, to see what Mac Jones is actually going to do this season, because according to them, he's digressed to, to high school level, uh, according to the Boston media right now. Now, I believe that the entire AFC East is chasing Buffalo. Um, and it's it's going to be whether or not the Patriots can stay on top of the Dolphins this season. Considering that New England went to the playoffs last year, the expectations from the fan base has really been a minimum of a wild card spot this year. 
We had no Josh McDaniels, no offensive coordinator, no defensive coordinator, and a whole lot of question or a whole lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. Is it reasonable for Patriot fans to expect New England to make the playoffs? In the AFC, considering the lopsided talent disparity where the AFC is so much stronger than the NFC, I would be surprised if they made it. I guess what I should qualify is that they are not one of the seven most talented rosters in the AFC. I don't even know, to be honest, if they're even one of the top 10 most talented rosters in the AFC. But Belichick, you know, um, I would not be surprised because they do a good job of of maximizing their strengths. For all the heat he takes as a personnel guy, which is well-deserved, I mean, you look at this roster, you, you lost arguably – they're two best players, right? Shaq Mason, you traded him for a bag of chips. And then you lost uh, Jackson, um, who's your only really good man-on-man cover corner in a scheme that relies on man-on-man cover corners. You've moved Jones from the slot to the outside. And I like Jones. I think he's a very, I think he's an excellent slot corner. I don't know how he's going to play outside. And in my mind, you've kind of weakened, you've you've regressed in two areas now because it's a big drop outside from Jackson to uh, Jones. And then whoever you're going to put in the slot is uh, going to be another um, downgrade. Now, I know the Patriots are going to run an inordinate amount of three safety looks this year. And that's going to be kind of your big nickel is going to kind of be your bread and butter because you still got McCourty, you got Duggar, and you got, uh, what's his name, Jabril Peppers. So I think you're going to see a a large amount of big nickel snaps to try and mitigate that loss of the corner. But, I mean, you got Jalen Mills outside. Last time I saw Jalen Mills starting a game, Devontae Parker was putting him on a poster. So that scares me a little. Um, I don't like you scrapped your running game, which was highly successful, and you've switched it now to what is trying to be an outside zone team you don't really have any outside zone runners other than maybe Pierre Strong, the rookie, um, and your linemen are kind of like big power guys that aren't quite suited to that scheme. I'm well familiar with the double OC uh, from last year. We, Miami ran that too to terrible results. So I don't know, man. Like it's it's the Patriots, so in, I never want to count them out. It's possible they make a wild card, but – they would have to do it through execution and, and coaching as opposed to talent. I, I pegged them as like an eight win team um, with 10 being their ceiling. And it wouldn't surprise me. I would be shocked if they won less than eight because they're just that well coached. I have, yeah, I have a six floor and a 10 ceiling. So you and I are kind of on the same page there, but I'm going to give you one name to watch this year because I'll disagree with you in one area. And that's the corner slot position getting worse. Sean Wade. Let me well, tell you I something. Ab- let me tell you something about Sean Wade. Yeah. Sean Wade was one of the best slot corners in the country. I remember first round. He was going to go first round. Yeah. But he wanted to go top 10. So he went back to school for another year and asked to play on the outside. And they played him on the outside. And I can tell you as an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, I almost tore my TV off the wall at least three times watching Sean Wade play outside corner and could not believe the coaching staff would not move him inside. But he agreed to go back for a year to play outside corner and they stuck to their word. Mm -hmm. 
If Sean Wade replaces Jones as a slot corner this year, I'm not concerned because I think I still think he's a fantastic slot cornerback, and I do not understand why he thought he was making he would make it as an outside guy because Jones could get exposed like that this year too, and I fully understand that. Yeah, and the injury to Thornton hurt because from all reports he was having a he was looking really really good great great otas great camp that sort of thing so and he's got that really that elite speed um so that that's i mean you got some fast guys in born in aguilar but having a guy like that it makes a, a huge difference so when he comes back i think you might see a bit of a jump too okay so i do want to talk about the buffalo bills for a second but i want to just ask you how much do you like the buffalo bills and how much do you like their fan base He's setting me up. So, oh, I fucking hate the Bills. Okay, so I despise like that team. So I have I have too many friends that are Buffalo Bills fans, and the last thing you want is to see your friends happy, right? You want their misery to be extended. You want them to never win anything, and they are running their mouths. Like, oh my god! So this team is probably the most talented team in the nfl they're my pick to win the super bowl i think that they'll probably beat the bucks just because you have to pick brady every year um if you do you're going to win 50 percent of your bets so uh oh oh they just they can't stop running their mouths i was telling you earlier it's like they grew up getting beat down like they were the beaten up by the bullies of new england their whole life right and they've watched they watched how the New England fans act and they they just longed for the day that they could, you know, open their mouths. And now they're trying to act like the Patriots did, except they don't have any they don't have anything to back it. They don't have the six championships. When you guys talk, we just take it. You know what I mean? I just assume the position because New England New England's gonna take me down again. But the Bills have done fuck all. They've won a couple of division championships. Put those banners up in the ring of honor. <laughs> You know, hey, shout! I just just drives me insane, and I and I have so many of my Twitter people I interact with are Bills guys, and you know I'm kind of tongue in cheek here because I do love you guys, but oh my god, like rein it in! You're gonna win, we know. Shut up! Once you win, then you can talk your shit. But you won less games than you won last year. You didn't go as far in the playoffs as you did last year. I've never been happier in life. Kevin Gerard 13 used to be for Dan Marino. Now it might be for 13 seconds, which is also a number my girlfriend's very well acquainted with. So I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. If uh, if the Buffalo Bills do win the Super Bowl this uh, year, I'm avoiding Rico like the plague, just so it's you know. a nightmare if they win. A nightmare. I'm in so many. I'm in the, the Buffalo Bills fanatics. They've got me in their group chats. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how I get there. Pierre and Rico just pop me in there. You know what I mean? And like, I've been there for five years now and like, they're just in there and it's just every time. Uh, oh my God. They get a first down. It's like, <laughs> uh, they just drive me up the wall. <laughs> how did you feel about them playing? We are the champions after they beat the Patriots in, in the wild card game. You look, these guys now i know this is going to date me you know what i mean and some for some of the audience is not going to understand this reference but these guys are literally the the villain from every 80s movie you know what i mean like oh they just drive me nuts so like if they were an embodiment they would be like oh what's his name who's the guy from the blacklist and then he played ultron what's his name there 
You know what? James oh, Spader. There, there okay. you are, James Spader from the '80s. The guy played a prick in every movie. That's Bill's Mafia. So why are you playing? Like they just don't know how to act. You know what I mean? They, they're, they're, they watched you guys and they're like, "Well, this is what the Patriots fans did all our lives. It's our turn now." It's like you won a, a, a playoff game. Calm down. I know it's been seventy-two years since you won a playoff game, but Jesus. <laughs> yeah uh, i'll be real with you i mean i knew that we were gonna get that the patriots were gonna get it shellacked by the bills that game so like and i was kind of happy that it was over by the first quarter because i could just you know sit back and i was already over it by the time the game was yeah. finished but then i sat there and i was like are these motherfuckers playing we are the champions after wild card weekend you know like yeah and everybody's singing oh no you know, I, I like feel if you. brady was still on the team and they beat brady i still wouldn't have liked it but i've been like i understand but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come You beat Mac on. Jones. You beat the corpse of the New England Patriots. A rookie QB, you know? But, uh, oh, I mean, that being said, as I said, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. All right. So, I, I, so as, a, as an outsider looking in on the Buffalo Bills, what would be considered a successful season for Buffalo? Like for Bill's Mafia, what is the what is what is an acceptable endpoint this year? Because yeah. I I interviewed Mario from Hashtag Sports yesterday, and I asked, I said, the, the expectations on the Bills right now are as high as they've ever been, probably since Jim Kelly brought them to four straight Super Bowls. You know, what if they lose in the divisional round? What if they lose another AFC championship? Is it going to be considered a disappointing season? And he said no. But I'm going to ask you, it, no what should way. be the minimum expectations for Bill's Mafia this year not to consider this year a disaster? You've been on Twitter, okay? Anyone with uh, a shred of uh, Bill's fandom in them has posted that graphic 60,000 times about everyone in the NFL network picked the Bills. And they're like, oh, everyone's picking us? They expect to go to the Super Bowl. I think if they don't make the Super Bowl, they're going to consider it a, a disappointment. Now, for me personally, I don't know of any season you get to an AFC Championship game and you you know and consider that a failure. But I mean, they if if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, that fan base is going to be destroyed, and rightfully so. Like I said, they're the most talented team in the league. They should make the Super Bowl. If they don't make it, it means they did something to prevent themselves. As long as they're up with at least 12 seconds left, they're okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, that defense, man, It's everyone forgets. Like, we talk about Allen and Allen and Allen, and he deserves the accolades he gets because he's become, you know, a top five, probably top four, quarter three quarterback, you know, in the NFL. He's fantastic. There's not taking anything away, but that defense is 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 number one. So, like, and it's not – wasn't close last year either. Like, it's – and they added Von Miller. So – I don't know, man. If they don't win, it's probably because they screwed it up. So it wasn't long ago that the Buffalo Bills were a joke. And if you would have made a suggestion that they're improving, people probably would have laughed at you. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at with the New York Jets right now. People are kind of dismissing the Jets as a cakewalk. They're not being paid attention to. But when Zach Wilson's back and, say, playing at 100%, I don't think that this team is a team you're going to want to face on a week-to-week basis. Don't get me wrong. Like, I feel confident in saying that the Jets are going to come dead last in the AFC East. Like, I feel confident in, in that saying. But this, to me, this isn't your brother's New York Jets. And mark my words, they're going to be a pain in the ass this year, kind of the way 
Buffalo was a couple years ago. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were a pain in the ass to play. They weren't a team that you just went over and trounced, especially in Josh Allen's younger days. Uh, their defense is solid. Uh, it's not great, but it's better than people are expecting. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I think the Jets won the draft. I, I drooled over that draft. They may not be ready for their rebuild to sort of take flight right now. I stole that from an article today, by the way. Um, but they're the closest I think they've been in years. And I say don't don't underestimate Robert Sala heading into his second year as a head coach. Losing Wilson the first four weeks is obviously terrible. Um, but I think Sal's going to get the most out of Joe Flacco. And the Jets may be 0-4 by the time Wilson returns. But believe me when I say I think they're going to be a tough out. So I'm going to ask you, how many games will the New York Jets win this season? And how do you think they're going to look as improved as I think they're going to look? Mm, it sounds like I don't believe they're – I think the team will be as improved as you, World. But I have very little faith in Zach Wilson. I think they're better with Joe Flacco to start the season because it'll give – the young players on that team a bit of a chance to mm -hmm. to acclimate and grow so that when Wilson gets there um those the you know Garrett Wilson will have four games under his belt Bryce Brees Hall will have four games under his belt the you know Lakin Tomlinson will have four games playing with those guys on the offensive line uh they got three new tight ends right so I think it's a bit of a blessing for Wilson that he's missing the first four games because it gives the team a chance the rest of the parts a chance to settle in gain some cohesion and kind of, you know, gain a bit of traction before he gets in there, because I think it would have been really tough to put him in after the abysmal season he had last year and ask him to take a big leap with so many new changing parts around him. So I, I really think this is going to benefit them because let's, they're not a playoff team in my mind. So I think that it doesn't matter. The end of the, the end result here is show dramatic improvement, which they do have throughout the roster and then obviously the development of Zach Wilson. So if you can get the pieces around him a little bit more set, polished, and ready when he does enter, I think in the long run that's going to benefit him. I'm not saying Flacco's a better player. I'm saying it's a because of what I just said, I think it's a better move for the franchise long term to let Flacco take the early season lumps. All right. Last question. We're going to go outside of the AFC East for this last question. It's going to be a general NFL question. Two weeks ago, on uh, the who's got next podcast i was asked who's going to be your surprise team coming out of the nfl this year and people said all oh, the chargers or this or that because as good as the chargers are they're not really being considered when you're they're talking about all those other teams mm -hmm. um my hot take and my surprise team and two weeks later because i think you listened to the show peter king validated this for me I ch I've chosen the New Orleans Saints to be representing the nfc in the super bowl this year what's your hottest take like, which team do you think could really absolutely shock a lot of people? Um, I do like the Saints. I've liked the Saints myself because it's it's a similar situation to, to, like, Miami, where I feel like it's a very talented roster and probably more talented than Miami. And it, it's just the one missed, you know, the question of the quarterback. Um but if I don't want to steal your answer and I had to think of someone else, you can steal um, my answer. That's fine. I could see it's hard to say. I don't know if you would qualify because I mean, San Fran made it to the NFC championship game last year, but they needed the last game of the season to get into that playoffs. And I think they were a nine win team. Right. Um, and a lot of people are kind of counting them out a bit, I think because Trey Lance hasn't looked so good in the, in the in the preseason. 
But if that's a cop-out, uh, I could go with the Eagles because I think the Eagles are going to run away with the East this year. Um, I don't think – I mean, every time I hear Jerry Jones talk about how that team runs through Ezekiel Elliott, that offensive line is in shambles. Um, I think Dak Prescott's a good player, and I think CeeDee Lamb's a good player, but there's no Amari Cooper. There's no Lael Collins. There's no Tyron Smith. They lost the center to retirement a couple of years ago. Uh, Zeke is, uh, what is he, 27 going on 52? Like, I think Tony Pollard's the better back at this point. Um, I don't know. I think the Eagles with A.J. Brown. I think the Eagles uh, with uh, Bradbury, James Bradbury, they picked up. They picked up, uh, I forget his name right now, but Anthony Harris, I think, like, they picked up. Their secondary looks improved. They've always had a good trench line. One of the most criminally underrated players in the NFL for the last decade has been Fletcher Cox. And I think they have a good offensive line. Um, I could really see the Eagles. Devontae Smith's going to have another year under his belt. Um, I could see them really winning that East by comfortably while, you know, the other two teams in the South and the, uh, or I should say the West, the teams in the West, the Rams and the 49ers beat each other up. So I will put out there um, that I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan and he probably wouldn't have worked in New England just because of the system that New England runs. It, it just wasn't right for him. But when the Patriots traded out of the first round and then Jalen Hurts went like in the, I think the third pick of the second round, that mm. was one of my, I don't get mad at Bill Belichick often. That was one of my mad at Bill Belichick moments. Again, it's very rare for me to get upset with Belichick because what can I be upset with him about? But it yeah. was, I wanted Jalen Hurts on the Patriots so badly. Uh, I think he got a bit of a shaft deal in Alabama, and I thought he proved himself in Oklahoma. You know what I mean? So, and mm -hmm. uh, and I would love to see that kid. And uh, I, I agree with your assessment about Dallas. Uh, it hurts for Zeke. You know, I'm a very loyal OSU guy, and uh, but I have to. It, it hurts to hear what you to say about Zeke, but you're 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 being truth because he is a shell of. Uh, he's Ezekiel Elliott now. He's no longer Zeke. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. Like. The last two years in Tampa Bay, that was Rob Gronkowski, not Gronk. You know, yeah. like, and and now he's Ezekiel Elliott, not Zeke. So I totally agree with you. Kevin, I appreciate you coming on, man. Tell my audience where they can find you, where they can follow you, and um, tell them to talk shit at you because your responses to shit talking is the best. And uh, a big shout out to our boy, uh, Jordan Poyer, and oh. his, his lovely wife who just endorses everything that Kevin and I say. Well, I mean, we got to get this guy a new contract, right? Um, he needs to get paid. Uh, the Bills are doing a disservice. This is a this is a captain, a veteran of the of the team, and he needs to get all the money, preferably backloaded um, throughout the things with high bonus, so that there be uh, cap casual like cap ramifications if they cut him. So uh, you can find me at Kevin Gerard thirteen on Twitter. That's pretty much it. Um, I will spend most of the time just alone at home trying to appease my girlfriend and I don't clean the house enough so that I got to work on that. But other than that, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it. Has Rachel Bush followed you yet? Yeah. Yeah. She okay. Good. Fine. Cause I know she followed me first and I was like, well, yeah. you kind of started this. You deserve the follow as well. Yeah. And Jordan Poyer, Poyer has actually messed DM me a few times to thank me for his support. Uh, I have gotten quote tweets and I got one DM from Poyer. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I actually, all jokes aside, because, you know, 
we're, we love to mess with the Bills cap situation. But um, I heard if you get a chance, Tyreek Hill has his uh, podcast out. Yeah. Listen to the episode with Jordan Poyer on it. It's excellent. Uh, I have. Yeah. I have. It's. I, I'm going to tell you something right now because I actually really do like Jordan Poyer. I just feel really bad that we've taken our satire to a level that we're both getting DMs from the player himself. And um, uh, I don't know if I should do this. But I don't feel bad because he maybe this the guy that this is the guy literally like we said everything I text is is I believe right. So like I believe it. He's he, oh I believe he it too. But the amount that we do it, come on. We're not well, that we did it with every Bills player in the office. <laughs> We're not that passionate about it. But uh, it has led to some big moments um, because I'll tell you this. In the next two weeks, I'm going to have a very special guest on the show who her and I have been DMing each other back and forth, and she's agreed to come on the show. And she may know Jordan pretty well. So that's all I'm going to – I'm not going to say anything else besides nice. that. Okay. So – and I just feel bad Impugula. because – okay. Yes, because this all came to be because we agree with what we're saying, but the reason we're doing it was a little disingenuous. I mean, I think we can admit that, can we not? That's where it started. But I yes. mean, because yeah. we did that. Remember, we 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 campaigned for digs, and then he got his raise. Yeah, and, and we took else? credit for it. We did someone else too. Remember? Yeah, we and he got it as well. For... We did. Who else? I can't remember, but we did get someone else. Or, well, we didn't do it, but we can't. No, no, we did. Really. We did. I take yeah. full. And then we blew up the Poyer thing. That's the thing, right? Like yeah. I got, I got a message from my, from my boy who's a Buffalo fan in Buffalo. And he, I DM'd you this, right? No, oh, I'm, I may not. Cause he sent me like one in the morning. Oh, I'm going to screenshot it and send it to you if I can find it. I got one in one in the morning. He goes, dude, you and your boy just got mentioned on Buffalo radio. And, yeah, and they were beefing us up because that tweet. Remember when Rachel retweeted me? It blew up. That one, yeah. that thing had like seven thousand likes and like twelve hundred retweets, right? And uh, both are, we got both got quoted on. He's like, you and your boy both just got tweets, just got quoted on the radio. Now the guys are arguing that the bills have to pay Poyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should pay him. Jesus, they just paid Dawson Knox. Oh man! But this is what I'm going to put on the table, okay? And I'm running late and I don't care because I got brought on to many different podcasts because of this. Right. And I had two Buffalo bills reporters tell me they're saying, I'm not saying that you're responsible for anything. They said to me, right. They go, but there was no friction between Jordan and the team until you and your buddy started this shit. That's what they said. Like there was no murmurs of friction. It's so we kind of did, but and I've had lots of Buffalo guys, like podcasters, yeah. reporters who who know their shit, who have said, "You guys fucking stirred the pot because there was no no argument." And they think that we got in Rachel's head and she got in his head. That's their theory yeah. behind it. So, ah, but but it's funny because the more we get involved in it, the more I. Like, I'm like, what the, like, do it, pay him. I, now I'm getting upset because now I know they need I'm to pay him now involved. You know what yes, I mean? They need to pay him now. But yeah, I think, and I have been credited. You've been credited. We have, let's say we, okay. we have been credited of stirring the pot in Buffalo and causing a little bit of tension between Jordan Poyer and the Buffalo bills. That's something I'm proud of, dude, because that may be the biggest thing I accomplished in my life. <laughs> 
yeah <laughs> fuck and I, I keep telling him too i keep i keep pushing because drew rosenhouse the agent he's a miami dolphins fan and he's unabashed about it and poyer lives in miami he works out in miami and his wife wants to stay in miami and i keep saying trade him to miami you know it'll never happen well we traded parker we traded welker within the division right and i'm like i because i really think that uh uh, Javon Holland's going to be an all pro safety in the future for Miami. And I think that have it, he plays more of a hide to Mike, a hide type role. I think having Poyer in there to kind of teach him and, and Jones, who's our young, like kind of strong safety. Um, I know those terms are outdated, but kind of more closer to the line of scrimmage guy uh, would be fantastic. I think that would just put us over the top. Well, I, I do, I do know this, that every time you say he should go to Miami and I say he should come to new England, you get liked and retweeted, and I don't. I have taken notice of that. <laughs> she know Rachel Bush likes everything that I tweet, except when I say Poyer should come to New England. Then it's completely ignored. So I don't, yeah. Patriots fans, I I failed. I might have caused problems in Buffalo, but I failed to recruit to New England. Imagine <laughs> a guy like that, train, like taking Duggar under his wing. Oh, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, everybody, who's tuning in and tuned in either to the podcast or the YouTube channel. And thank you, everybody, who watches across the Dean Blundell Network. Give us a follow at Dean Blundell Net. You can also follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Don't forget, follow my boy Kevin at Kevin Gerard 13. The 13 no longer stands for Marino. It stands for 13 seconds, motherfuckers. Hit that like button, subscribe. Never miss an episode of Ray Sportsman. Find it on DeanBlundell.com. And you can find tons and tons of podcasts and bloggers and sports contents over on DeanBlundell.com. That's it for today. Take care. You're all legit, kid. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.